Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hi, this is Freddie Spencer coming to you after the 2018 MotoGP World Championship Brown in Austria at the Red Bull Ring. Now, I love Austrian circuits because they are high speed, like the old Salzburg ring that I raced at. Big sweeping straightaways leading to very slow corners, even though the Salzburg, Salzburg ring had a couple of, couple other sections. This circuit really is demanding on the machines. Horsepower, acceleration, really have to be very stable on the brakes and obviously a lot of top speed, and that's what we saw. The weather conditions on Friday weren't too bad um, in, the very, in the first practice session, but it certainly played havoc after that. A lot of heavy rain, which affected the riders getting enough dry practice. You could see that the Ducatis and the Honda didn't really seem to be affected by it too much. Certainly the Yamaha was, and some of the other manufacturers. So let's talk a little bit about practice. Now we saw up front the riders that we expected, Mark Marquez, Jorge Lorenzo, and, and Andrea DeVicioso, just like the weekend before. They were utilizing their, their bike strengths and also getting ready for what they assumed would be a great battle in the race. Now in practice, Andre DeVicioso, who has certainly made a turnaround in his performance, since the summer break, even though it was very short. But he came out, of course, and won the race the weekend before and Berno, and we certainly expected him to be strong this week, and he was in practice. And, you know, when, when Dovi is on his game, he is strong not only in speed but in just being calculating. And that's what it takes, as we've noticed, have a chance against Mark Marquez. It's hard to beat him straight out with just speed, and you have to be able to use other things to be able to beat him. And we'll get into that in just a moment. But first, let's talk about some of the riders that we are going to, of course, be in this field, and hopefully we'll get things turned around. Look at the Yamal team. They are still struggling with Maverick Vinales. I mean, he is sometimes so far off the pace in in practice, in free practice, that you wonder where he's going to get the speed. Then he pulls out maybe a quick lap, and he's able to, to get up front. Valentino Rossi is there more consistently, certainly. But this racetrack would be one of the tracks, as, as they predicted, that they would struggle on. And this, this is what I believe is, is one of the main issues, is getting the power to the ground. I talked about in last show about the electronics and traction control and the wheel control, and just electronics in general. 
and it puts the rider in position where it's it's certainly about the RPM the, the machine is at, throttle position to be able to maximize the electronics, the setup of the electronics on these machines with well over 200 horsepower, 230 horsepower, let's say for super bikes and or 220 or so, and then of course upwards of 260 on the MotoGP bikes. And so having the being able to maximize um, your acceleration is dependent on not really the rider's feel, but throttle position, and then the electronics and how well they're working that day, and how they well they work with the with the motorcycle engine or the engine characteristics that your machine has, and getting getting the power to the ground. And if they're not working properly, if it's not there's not symbiosis between the rider's ability to carry the speed, the feel, because it is about corner speed too. And then still being able to get the power to the ground under acceleration for the entire length of the race, then they're going to struggle and they're going to be limited. Kind of hate to see that. And this is why I told the story one time about the great Mario Andretti at Indianapolis, and the fact he told me the key there was is not overheating that right front. We're specifically talking about the four laps in in qualifying because once you do then the driver can't really do anything about it to be able to make a difference. I see that a little bit, obviously, in the electronics situation, where if the rider can't, if the electronics isn't working, if it's not able to get the power to the ground and it just spins, the machines are so close on acceleration and overall lap time, you lose that tenth here or thousandth here, and you're, really, you're just out of the ball game and you're just, just kind of hanging on. But certainly, in our great sport, the rider still can make a tremendous difference with corner speed, race craft, and management, which is something I'll talk about in just a moment that we saw in the race. So Valentino Rossi and Maverick Vinale certainly are struggling, but look what Johan Sarko was able to do in qualifying, is pull out that good lap and certainly seems to be in a better position. You wonder, in the, the factory team, if they're, in a, if they're in a certain spot of the way they are managing their electronics or if they're going in a certain direction or certainly they are testing things and have things that Johann Zarco does not and if that has gone maybe in the wrong direction. Yamal took a step that you don't normally see and uh, they apologize for their poor performance and you, you hate to see a great factory with such honor, such tradition, such performance you know that up until just the last couple of races was second and third in the world championships. But to, to come out and apologize that they are letting their riders down. The Japanese culture, certainly, that is something that you that would be very difficult because it is one of honor. You know, one of the things that I learned very early in my relationship with Honda is, is I could see that in, in the engineers and, and just that the pride and the honor that they take in in representing their cause, their their manufacturer, and and their performance, and so I, it was difficult to see the Yamaha engineers, or the Yamaha engineer take that, and management take that position. But we'll have to see what's going to happen over these next races. Certainly, they know they have some work to do. Their riders have shown that they're right there, but they haven't won a race in a long time, longest in in basically in the modern era for Yamaha in between race wins. So they're going to certainly have to step step that up. We saw that the Apriya team is also struggling. You could see Scott Redding afterwards, and it, it's very difficult to see how he came out and talked about 
the machines. And, and I know Scott just a little bit. I know he's very frustrated, but I certainly hate to see him kind of take that, take that position. There's certainly, at his age, there's many more things he could do in racing. And I would, I would hope that he would maybe take a breath and, and, and step back and, and think a little bit more about that before he says some of the things. I, again, I understand that frustration. I certainly do. Cal Crutchlow, another rider who I think has done a great job this whole year and certainly in these last races. He took the battle with Valentino Rossi um, right down to the last lap at Burnham and had fourth position there, of course, until Valentino stepped up and made that pass. And and one thing about Cal, and I've said this before, he gets everything out of his, his performance. He knows the riders in front of him are maybe at a different level uh, on most days. Uh, but he's, he's workmanlike in there and, and certainly gets the job done, and he did that this weekend. So it also shows the Honda is pretty consistent, as we've talked about. Certainly the two top manufacturers at this point, without question, is the Ducati and Hondas, but Cal did a great job. Now qualifying went down to, as we suspected, we thought Mark Marquez would uh, get, get the pole position. He ran basically almost the exact lap time that he did, I believe, last year uh, on 123.2. So he did exactly what he needs to. And Mark has come out and said that he's taken a little bit different approach. You notice he hasn't had the crashes or no crashes in practice. So he's certainly taken a more conservative approach and just thinking it through. And that's a good sign because I think the only reason why that he's getting beat in these last races is not because he's not he's not crashing in practice, but just he, he needs to make that next step. You know, Mark is an incredibly talented rider, very smart, very aggressive, and we know that. But I like the fact that he's taking that next step and maybe realizing that, you know, he had 27 crashes last year, no injuries. He hasn't got hurt yet, which is an incredible thing. But there's always that one time, and he doesn't need to risk that at this point. Andre DeVicioso and Jorge Lorenzo were out there, as we suspected. So it certainly was going to set up what should be a great race. And so let's get into that. The race started as, as we expected, uh, with Jorge Lorenzo getting up front, Andre DeVicioso, and Mark Marquez. Mark Marquez didn't want to do what he's normally doing kind of wait. He got out front and was just going to try to break away. And it looked like that that was certainly a possibility. I was watching Jorge Lorenzo, and it looks like he looked like he was maybe slowing up Toby a little bit, and he actually was. But what he was doing was abiding his time. And if you look at the section times, Mark Marquez's strongest section was the third section. And Jorge Lorenzo, you could tell, studied that. And this is what a rider at that level is thinking about. It's, it's all about what we're seeing in front of us. It's all about getting a rhythm going and carrying speed and then managing the angles. You look at, you look at a, a bike as, as you're going through, and usually when you're struggling in a high-speed section, you just don't get the bike pointed right at the proper time or, or maybe soon enough. And that's what Jorge Lorenzo, as I was watching him in that third section, was just getting comfortable with not only the lean angle he was running, but the speed that he was carrying and, and controlling that and then utilizing and saving the edge of his tire. And then when he was ready, 
as he's managed that race, he made the pass on Mark. And you could see at that point he was in control, like we normally see him do in the beginning of the race. Now, Dovey talked about he chose the wrong tire, and he was, wasn't able to maintain the pace that Mark and Horry was able to maintain. And you could see how hard Mark was, was working to try to stay with Jorge to be able to make a pass on that last lap, to make a pass like he was able to do with Dovey. But you could see the two different styles between Dovey and Jorge, which were so evident. Is that Dovey, just at that point, late in the race last year, was waiting for Mark. And when Mark tried to make that repass, he squared off the corner and Jorge didn't give Mark that chance. And that is a little bit different. That is the difference, or is the, is the little bit of difference between Jorge and Dovey on the on the last lap that I think puts Jorge just a little bit stronger position. Obviously, he's he's certainly a multi-time MotoGP world champion. But if he can do that every single week and manage that, that's the way that he can beat Mark. And Mark will grow into that, where he's just not dependent on his speed or his ability to overpower. Um, the competitors, and but it certainly is going to make it exciting. I love watching the chess match that it was in that race. I love watching, like I said, Jorge manage, get a grip on that third section, third part of the, the section, because Mark was so strong there and in that fourth part, and that was the difference of why he was able to have that little bit of gap on that last lap, which didn't allow Mark to try to make a pass in those last couple of corners. You could see that um, also that, of course, Cal Crutchlow was right there like he was the week before. And then, as I said before, the struggles of Valentino Rossi and Maverick Vinales. And look at the difference between Maverick and Valentino. Valentino qualified so poorly, got up, put his head down, and rode a great race to move up to mid, mid in the top ten. And then Maverick of course came on strong there at the end, but just wasn't able to do much about it. Certainly setting up to be another great race at the British Grand Prix next weekend. I'm looking forward to it. Hope you are too. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.